Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KFI AM 640 Los Angeles. Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones-Lee. Good morning and welcome to 5 o'clock. Middle of the week. We made it. Only got a couple more days to get up early. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. So much to squeeze in on this wake-up call. Firefighters in Riverside County say they have stopped the forward progress of a brush fire in the Santa Ana River bottom. That's good news because a lot of us went to sleep last night thinking, oh man, this one could get out of control. There was a lot of wind out there. CHP says there have been four more car shootings on the 91 freeway. A local epidemiologist says people may want to hang on to their masks until the winter when the mandates are lifted. And a grand jury indictment could put a former UCLA gynecologist in prison for 91 years. 505, we're going to talk with ABC's Karen Travers. So President Biden announced his administration is doubling the amount of money. The government spends on helping communities fight natural disasters before they hit. That along with developing a new climate effort at NASA. What goes into that? I'm intrigued. So we'll talk with Karen about the details on both of those proposals in just a few minutes. But let's start with some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Riverside County firefighters say they were able to stop the forward progress of a brush fire in the Santa Ana River bottom between Harupa Valley and Riverside. The fire, which started yesterday, has burned about 150 acres. Evacuation orders for people near the fire have been downgraded to warnings. The fire is now about 5% contained. Scientists say the 2021 fire season in western U.S. states looks like it will be bad because it's starting out even drier than 2020 did. So really, we go from COVID into this. Last year's fire season was record-breaking. Scientists say measurements say they've taken uh, soil and plants and they've looked at them and say they're much drier now, making trees and brush more likely to catch fire. Lawyers say a new indictment increases the potential prison time to 91 years for former UCLA gynecologist accused of sexually assaulting his patients. Hundreds of women claim Dr. James Heaps groped and abused them during exams. Lawyer Jennifer McGrath says UCLA ignored complaints against Heaps for decades. It appears that those were not taken seriously, whether made by employees or patients. And that Dr. Heaps was simply allowed to continue examining women on a daily basis. She says Heaps was taken into custody yesterday because the indictment doubled his bail to more than 1.1 million. In 2019, Heaps pleaded not guilty to multiple felonies. UCLA says it can't comment. In L.A., Corbin Carson, KFI News. CHP says there have been four more car shootings on the 91 freeway. All four happened last night in Riverside and Orange counties. As in the dozens of other shootings we've already seen on the 91 in the past few weeks, windows of cars were smashed by what CHP says were pellets being shot at the vehicles. 
The Orange County Board of Supervisors is expected to approve a $50,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of the shooter of that six-year-old boy on the 55 freeway last week. The money would come from the discretionary budget of Supervisor Don Wagner. At the same time, the CHP has set up a special email address for people to send any information they may have on that road rage shooting. L.A. School District has filed a lesson plan for a return to normal. Looking ahead to the fall. All students will have the opportunity to participate in full day on-campus in-person instruction. Superintendent Austin Butner says there is a caveat. For students who are unable or choose not to participate at schools for in-person instruction, an online option must remain in place for the next school year. Butner says after-school programs will return and middle and high school students will go back to changing classrooms for each period and students will notice more teachers and staff thanks to a flood of state and federal funds. Out of crisis comes the opportunity to do what was once unimaginable. Chris Ancarlo, KFI News. And a year after George Floyd's death at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer, his family plans to meet with the president at the White House. Floyd's girlfriend says people in Minneapolis still want changes to the law. He was but one man, and there are so many cases that we need to reopen, not only in this state, in this country, across the world. We all know that. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz has signed a proclamation asking his state to observe a moment of silence today at 1 o'clock local time in honor of George Floyd. Karen Travers, good morning to you. So tell us about the Biden administration's plan now to put a lot more money into helping communities fight natural disasters before they ever get a chance to hit. Yeah, you know, and I would say it's not so much like fighting it because that is just a whole different issue for the administration and the tackling of climate change and the funding the president wants to invest to move toward a green economy. And that, of course, takes a lot of money and a lot of time. But what they want to do with this is help communities prepare before the natural disaster hits, knowing that it's going to hit. Things like supplies and readiness. This is a billion dollars in funding for FEMA's uh, program. It's called the Building Resilient Infrastructure and Communities Program. How do you get ready uh, before something happens? The funding is not technically new. It was included in FEMA's budget for this year, but the president was highlighting yesterday because he was at FEMA to talk about the start of uh, the Atlantic hurricane season. This is double, though, what the funding was for the same program last year. So that is a big difference. But uh, just to look at the numbers, it's really staggering to see how much is spent on natural disasters. And look, this is not a secret, I'm sure, out there to you guys with wildfires. But, you know, a billion dollars for preparedness compared to the $100 billion that was spent last year on natural disasters in the aftermath. Wildfires, hurricanes, snow, ice storms, things like that. It's just a staggering amount of money. Okay, when you talk about um, supplies and readiness and those kinds of Mm -hmm. things, what specifically uh, was mentioned yesterday as examples of what those would be? Yeah, the president was out there. You know, he wasn't getting into the specifics, but the White House was talking about this, uh, you know, in terms of making sure that communities are ready with basic things. You know, it's it's getting water and things like that and other uh, emergency supplies that you might need ahead of time. Look, they're not stockpiling like in a giant warehouse and just sitting on things. But they do want to make sure that there is access and availability. One thing that's always been interesting when you cover a lot of these on the East Coast, 
coast for hurricanes because it, with a hurricane, you know it's coming, and there's days of preparedness that can happen. And the FEMA approach is always so interesting because let's just say, like, it's going to hit uh, the Alabama and Mississippi Gulf Coast region there. They start moving in resources in these rings around it. So you, you kind of look at the map and you go out a little bit with circles because you can't just bring it into the red zone because what if you can't get to it then when the power is out or the roads are blocked? So they're in the area to be ready. And that's, I think, what you're going to see with a lot of this extra money is going to go toward. You know, you know where the storms hit. You know where the disasters will strike. Start getting it ready an hour outside of those areas so that you can easily swoop in when the disaster happens. Okay, and tell me, too, if you would, for just a second, what's this new climate mm-hmm. effort at NASA? Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought that, that was one it. of the things that we were talking. I am so sorry, Karen. I thought this no, is one it, of... It might have been, but I apologize. It just kind of drew a blank there in my brain. No, no, no. <laughs> so it's all good. On. Well, you know what? Maybe we can talk about that later this week. So we'll we'll kind of put that as a teaser. How's that? Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Karen, thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you, too. All right. Thanks. See you later. All right. That's ABC's Karen Travers. And I promise that we will get more on this, but I'll I'll actually, you know what? I won't make her do it. He also announced the launch of a new NASA initiative that more closely tracks how climate is changing and the impact of these changes on local communities, both near and far, which is kind of cool. So by using some of the resources at NASA, they may be able to better predict how to help, what to help. Um, It just, why wouldn't you join those two together? That seems kind of like a no-brainer. FEMA joining NASA with all of the technology that both of those agencies have to better look at the climate, to better get um, kind of a read on where we are. I think that would be amazing. So I'm, I, I think that to me is very intriguing. And when she was talking about, so funny, about the FEMA sort of watches when a natural disaster is heading that way. And then they do sort of those um, circles. That was a good way to describe it. Um, These sort of prep teams that get in there before the natural disasters hit. That's what my husband deals with a lot. So a lot of you asked me, emailed me and tweeted me, what does Scott do exactly at FEMA? That's what he does. So it's response. And so um, they look ahead to see what's coming that way. And then as I've explained to Handle, the, it gets a little bit confusing. So a lot of people ask sometimes, you know, uh, why aren't we getting more help from FEMA or where's FEMA or whatever? The way it has to go is, yes, they're there and they're prepared. But the weirdest thing is they have to get asked by the local authorities. So the cities ask the counties, the counties ask the state. The state then asks for help from FEMA. So there's kind of a long line before it gets to them. However, they're already there prepared. The minute that somebody says, we need help, boom, they're there. Does that make sense? Let's get back to some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has met with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in Jerusalem to talk about the situation in Gaza. Blinken says he repeated something President Biden has made clear. The United States fully supports Israel's right to defend itself against attacks, such as the thousands of rockets fired by Hamas indiscriminately against uh, Israeli civilians. Blinken says there are plans to rebuild in the region following 11 days of fighting in which more than 250 people were killed. 
The National Transportation Safety Board's investigating a crash of a military contractor plane in Vegas. The pilot was killed in the crash at Nellis Air Force Base. This woman says she saw the plane go down. Right between the two houses, he went down where the wires were, and that's where we heard the big boom. The pilot was the only person on the plane. The California Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control says it's issued 79 citations in the L.A. area to adults who gave alcohol to minors. The most citations, 23 of them, were issued in L.A. County. The fewest, five, were given out in Ventura County. The operation was part of a campaign aimed at adults who buy booze for kids. A total of 150 citations were handed out statewide by ABC agents and local law enforcement. Well, an epidemiologist at UC Irvine says people might want to hang on to their masks until the winter, even when the mandates are lifted. Professor Andrew Neumer says it's good for people to get a breather from masks, but COVID is not yet over. We saw the chaos, you know, last spring and and then July was a big wave in California or what we thought at the time was a big wave. And that's not winter dominant. That's, you know, a summer wave. But then we saw an even bigger uh, winter wave. Neumer says there could be a seasonal rise in COVID infections in the long term, similar to the flu. He says giving Californians the summer off might make it easier to ask people to mask up again if there's a surge this fall or winter. Well, a driver who led cops on a high-speed chase that topped speeds of 100 miles an hour got away. It started in Glendale last night when police tried to pull over an SUV from making an illegal U-turn. The driver sped off, and the pursuit covered several freeways before he got onto the 405 near LAX. That's where the guy ditched the car under an overpass and took off running. That's rare. Anybody who's thinking of leading cops on a high-speed chase, that is not the normal outcome that we hear. All right, a new law in Florida will punish social media companies for unfairly moderating online content and suspending the accounts of political candidates. Governor Ron DeSantis says the companies are just silencing voices they disagree with. Some of these massive, massive companies uh, in Silicon Valley are exerting a power over our population uh, that really has no precedent in American history. Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms can face legal action and fines of up to $250,000 for violating the law. But the companies are expected to challenge it in court. Little Dodger news for you. Dodger Stadium, don't forget, will return to full capacity on June 15th. And your world champion Dodgers take on the Astros tonight in Houston at 5. You can catch the game on AM570 LA Sports, brought to you by Nutrisystem. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash baseball and lose weight fast, all with free delivery. All right, we come back in this morning's Biz Bites. Did Converse actually steal... A design from an intern who was rejected. Ouch and ouch again. Etsy now says you can buy something on its website. I never knew you could go to its website and look for, but I'll tell you what it's banned. And there's a McDonald's location that has uh, a quite an interesting hiring incentive. And if you are a fan of this particular product, it may actually make you think twice about applying at McDonald's. AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I told Handle this story one day. So this song was very popular when I was at Shasta College, junior college in Reading. And uh, 
I was a cheerleader. I know. Everybody be shocked. And uh, I remember this guy on the football team said, do you ever get, like, scrubby? Are you ever not put together? He was kind of ripping on me. Let's be perfectly honest. And somehow from there, I kind of got a nickname of scrub just with the football team. Anyway, I thought it would be fun to put it on my license plate. Because I guess that's what you do when you're 18 and have nothing else to do. So I go to the DMV to get scrub put on my license plate. Scrubby is what I put. And I got rejected because they said it was inappropriate. I said, inappropriate? What? And the lady said, S-C-R-U-B-B-Y. You can't put screw baby on your license plate. What? And I'm thinking to myself, I've seen way worse. First of all, it's not screw baby. It's scrubby. Needless to say, DMV got no love from this scrub. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. People just turned away. Here are some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Riverside County firefighters say they have stopped the forward progress of a brush fire in the Santa Ana River bottom between Harupa Valley and Riverside. The fire, which started yesterday, has burned about 150 acres. Evacuation orders for people near the fire have been downgraded to warnings. The fire is about 5% contained. And CHP says there have been four more car shootings on the 91 freeway. All four happened last night in Riverside and Orange Counties, as in the dozens of other shootings that have already happened on the 91. Windows of cars were smashed by what CHP says were pellets being shot at the cars. 535, we'll go to ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. You've got Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who's arrived in the Middle East, and he's pushing Israelis and Palestinians to continue going forward with last week's ceasefire. And he wants to kind of put down some roots in this ceasefire. So we'll see if he's able to do it. Get an update from Jordana in just a few minutes. It's time for Biz Bites. Bites of business. Biz Bites. On Wake Up Call with Jennifer Jones-Lee. All right, so we talked about yesterday that big swing in Bitcoin from last week where it was up over 60,000 and then at one point over the weekend it dropped to 32,000. This morning it's at over 37,000. And I was laughing when I read this story last night. The CEO and founder of Celsius, which is a cryptocurrency company, did an interview with CNN and basically said, please stop tweeting. Please shut up your thumbs. He said, people who followed Musk blindly have lost a lot of money. They may have gotten burned and never come back when it comes to taking crypto advice from Elon Musk. He says the crypto community needs to be more responsible in how it explains these assets and the risk. Pundits keep saying we'd never see a down market for Bitcoin again because of institutional interest. Now, obviously... Saturday Night Live was where we first kind of heard Elon Musk playing down Bitcoin. And a lot of people, it was, I I joked about it. If you're old enough to remember the old, uh, when EF Hutton talks, people listen. Elon Musk talks about cryptocurrency and apparently people listen. And these crypto advisors are saying, please don't listen to Elon Musk. Because essentially they don't feel like the guy necessarily knows what he's talking about. And in this interview specifically, this man from Celsius was talking about how 
Elon Musk saying you could use Bitcoin at one time, not anymore, but at one time to buy a Tesla just shows that he doesn't understand how cryptocurrency works. So I figure that's kind of an interesting perspective for a lot of people because a lot of people do look at Elon Musk and as a visionary as he is. They think, you know, this is a really smart bazillionaire guy. Of course, I'm going to follow what he does. But there are some analysts who say, eh, Maybe the guy doesn't exactly know what he's talking about. One of those, maybe he should do some more research situations. All right, Etsy says it extends the weapons ban to include gun parts and accessory. I don't know about you, but when I go to Etsy, I'm looking for, um, I think the last time I went there, I bought some custom masks, some Dodgers face masks. Never once have I gone on Etsy and looked for gun parts. But apparently they were on there because now the site has had to ban it. So the global online marketplace says it's long prohibited the sale of weapons, including guns and most gun parts. But now it says it's expanding the enforcement. And the new regulations were, I guess, told to all the sellers on the platform. And the sellers were given two weeks to update their inventory to comply with the policy before the items are removed from the marketplace today. I didn't even I had no idea. All right, Converse is accused of stealing a rejected intern's shoes. There's a Florida designer who claimed Converse stole her sneaker design after seeing the new line looked really like ones that she had submitted on a rejected internship application two years ago. Her name's Cecilia Monge, and she says, I don't think it's a coincidence. And she said she initially hesitated to make kind of the the comparison, as she doubted the shoe giant ever actually saw her original concepts. But then the aspiring footwear designer eventually took it to TikTok after her family convinced her, you've been the target of a sneaker attack. So this woman now is saying that she feels like it was a crime of fashion. And she says that she's never heard back from Converse And in May, she saw the showcasing of the shoes, new National Park-themed shoes, which she claimed looked exactly like or eerily similar, I should say, to her pair. So she said she 100% came up with the design and the concept of my own and sent it to them in good faith. So reps for Converse said, uh, let's see, we released a Chuck 70 design, which took inspiration from the map of patterns of the nor'easter storms. It was designed in 2019, and we continued it in 2021 under our design concept, Hybrid World. So to me, they're saying, no, we did this differently. She, on the other hand, is saying, "Uh uh-uh. That was me a few years back. And if you are a lover of iPhones, you might work at McDonald's, and here's why. A McDonald's restaurant might be offering iPhones to new hires. This isn't for everybody. However, there is one specific location. And this McDonald's company put this tweet out. And it got over 200,000 likes and over 3,400 retweets. So thousands of users were talking about whether this hiring strategy would work. Or if they were kind of making fun of the offer. Others questioned whether iPhones would be older models. I love how they're immediately like, oh, they're going to give you an iPhone too. 
an iPhone 4. Fox Business tried to contact this McDonald's, and apparently (laughs) they have not heard back from them. But it's not clear which McDonald's locations the hiring sign belongs to. And they're trying to make sure it's legit. But uh, the fast food chain now is one of bazillions that are competing with all the other fast food chains trying to hire people. Because after the pandemic, there are many, many jobs at those fast food places. But people just have not yet gone back to them. All right, when we come back, we're going to take you live to Jerusalem, ABC's Jordana Miller. I want to see what's going on in the Middle East and what Secretary of State Antony Blinken can do to really nail down the ceasefire between Israelis and Palestinians. So that's coming up. Right now, let's take a look at your drive. And Robin Banks has a wreck on the 710. It's in the city of Bell on the southbound 710 at Florence. A report of a two-car wreck. They're in the right lane. Kind of slight delay here. It looks like people are moving from the right lane over to the left. So if you do that before you get to Florence, then you'll be okay. Everything will be moving better. Mid-City Los Angeles, 10 westbound at Crenshaw Boulevard. It's a brush fire on the right shoulder. Could be an encampment fire. We'll keep an eye on it. Silmar on the southbound 5 at Roxford Street. Conked out Big Rig. Left lane of the off-ramp taken away. Riverside watch for debris on the 215 northbound after Box Springs. Report of some kind of debris there in the right lanes. And Riverside, Van Buren Boulevard closed in both directions between Limonite and Harupa. That's that brush fire that's burning in the Santa Ana Riverbed. So Mission Inn could be a good alternate for you. KFI in the sky helps get you there faster. I'm Robin Banks. Hi, Greg Hughes here with Hughes Private Capital. Our company offers real estate investment options for you that are built on cash flow, are free of landlord hassles and expenses, and produce the same predictable, consistent return month after month. How do we do that? When you invest with us, you're part of a diversified, secured portfolio of over 1,000 homes in five cities and three states. And with today's interest rates being so low, now is the time to use leverage with your Hughes Capital investment and earn a 17% return. And one of the best ways to invest with Hughes Private Capital is through a 10 31 exchange where you can sell your investment property, pay no taxes, and never worry about landlord hassles or expenses again. Plus, remember, real estate is one of the most tax-efficient investments out there. We find most investors don't pay taxes for the first nine years of their investment with us. To find out more, go to SteadyInvestmentReturn.com. That's SteadyInvestmentReturn.com. Or call us at 888-300-5353. That's 888-300-5353. SoCal weather from KFI, mostly sunny with highs mid-60s to the mid-80s. Then we'll start to cool it down back into the 70s for the last couple days of the week. We lead local. Live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. Rick Edelman, award-winning radio host and founder of Edelman Financial Engines, takes questions on his radio show. Let's hear his advice on annuities. Hey, Rick, I'm looking for a good investment. Should I consider a fixed annuity? Well, fixed annuities aren't really investments, they're insurance products. You'll get a fixed rate of return from them, but it might not be enough to offset taxes and inflation. Most annuity contracts require you to keep the money there for 5 to 10 years, and if you're under age 59 and a half, any withdrawals are subject to a 10% IRS penalty. You should talk, therefore, to a fee-based financial advisor to see if an annuity is right for you, not someone who makes a living earning commissions selling annuities. You want a fiduciary who puts your best interests first. If you're looking for a trusted partner who's got your back, talk to one of our experienced financial planners by calling 888-PLAN-RICK or visit rickedelman.com.
got great news for homeowners. Right now, IntelliLoan can offer loans to people with multiple properties, people who are self-employed, and check this out, you don't need perfect credit if you want to get a home loan. That's a lot. People think a lot of times, oh, I don't have perfect credit. I am self-employed. Nobody's going to give me a loan with multiple properties. You haven't called IntelliLoan. Right now, IntelliLoan is offering a fixed 1.99% rate and APR with no points and no lender fees. And what I think is fantastic about IntelliLoan is for a lot of people, thinking of a home loan is an intimidating process, but their home loan specialists are all about making this process simple and smart for their borrowers. So you're going to feel confident as you walk through this process. So again, if you're a homeowner who has multiple properties, somebody who is self-employed, or maybe you don't have perfect credit, call IntelliLoan today and ask them how you can get a home loan with a fixed 1.99% rate in APR with no points and no lender fees. So give them a call today. Call IntelliLoan. IntelliLoan. Borrows smart. Rate subject to change without notice. Minimum loan amount requirements apply. 50% LTV and 740 FICO score. Certain restrictions apply. Subject to credit approval. NMLS 3290. Loans made or arranged pursuant to a California Finance Lenders Law license. Number 6036970. Equal housing lender. With Indeed Instant Match, you can accelerate the hiring process. Just sponsor a job and you'll get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Fast hiring, no speeding tickets. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. KFI AM 640. Station. 24-hour news. More stimulating talk. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to a Wednesday. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. And some of the stories we're watching in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. We're keeping an eye on this. Moderna now says its COVID-19 vaccine is 100% effective in people ages 12 to 17. The company today also said it will ask the FDA for emergency approval to give the shot to kids early next month. News this morning is brought to you by American Vision Windows. Right now, let's go to Jerusalem and say good morning to ABC's Jordana Miller. Jordana, so I understand Secretary of State Antony Blinken is there. He's in the Middle East, and he's there to sort of cement this ceasefire between Israelis and Palestinians. What's happened so far? So far, uh, Blinken has met with Israel's prime minister. Uh, He came straight to Jerusalem after landing here this morning. Uh, The two uh, had an hour-long meeting, uh, and then they gave uh, a joint press conference in which Blinken, you know, reiterated President Biden's uh, expressed commitment for uh, protecting and safeguarding Israel's security. Uh, And he said that he'd come here to, you know, work on restoring a calm that, of course, a reference to helping to cement that that ceasefire, which is holding still on day five. Uh, And then Biden also said that he was going to really rally the international community to help support rebuilding Gaza, which is incredibly important, but also incredibly complicated because, you know, Blinken is going to have to figure out how he can get money and aid uh, into the Gaza Strip and ensure that it doesn't go to Hamas, the terrorist group that runs the Gaza Strip that Hamas doesn't siphon off that money to use it to rebuild tunnels or rockets or train militants. So very complicated. But Blinken also saying that, you know, he's here to kind of reach out to the Palestinians and rebuild and repair that relationship. And it it was severely damaged under President Donald Trump, the former president. So these are all 
important things. No real talk of any peace talks, because I, I think the White House and Blinken wisely know that that's so far off. Many things need to happen before they can address that. It's so interesting, too, because while uh, peace talks might be so far off, that is kind of the end game. So you're constantly going toward that, knowing that this is this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And each administration has its own ideas. And, you know, where former President Donald Trump made some advances on the Israeli-Arab track with regional partners, uh, new partnerships now, right, with the Emirates and with Bahrain and, and um, you know, better ties with Morocco and other, other Arab nations. There was a real freezing out of the bilateral track between Israelis and Palestinians. I mean, the deal, uh, the, the proposal that President Trump put on the table was so far-fetched you know, by by the standards of the Palestinians, it was literally dead on arrival. So nothing really moved there. Um, so the Palestinians, you know, they have they were very angry and very they felt betrayed really by the White House. So this new administration is going to have to try to build that trust up again. Uh, and Lincoln will be heading to Ramallah this afternoon to meet with the Palestinian president and the Palestinian prime minister to try to do just that. Okay, when it comes to, I'm curious what it's like for you. Are you in sort of a feeling of, all right, things are good right now, but the other shoe could drop at any moment? What's it like to live in a region with such a fragile ceasefire happening and kind of not knowing what could happen at any moment? I sort of can't imagine living like that. Well, I think, um, you know, I've, been here reporting and living through so many rounds of this that once you get past the first 24 hours of the ceasefire, 48 hours, uh, even um, your confidence grows that you're you're entering a period of quiet for for a while um, because these ceasefires take so much effort to actually uh, to pull both sides back from a larger conflict and, and to get Israel and Hamas to agree to it that once that's happening, there's usually a momentum now to the other way to kind of de-escalate. Um, and Hamas, we can say, even though they didn't score a military victory, they certainly won a lot of things out of this conflict. Um, even the most astute and patriotic Israelis will admit it. Hamas was able to fire symbolically on Jerusalem, paralyze Tel Aviv for a point, threaten uh, flights that were landing at, at Ben Gurion International Airport, uh, and they even lit a fire under the simmering tensions between Arabs and Jews here. Um, and they put the whole issue of the Palestinian-Israeli conflict back on the table, back, you know, center stage for, for world leaders, uh, who even, you know, President Biden did not expect this or want this. You know, the Middle East was kind of on the back burner of his agenda. Jordana, I appreciate your time this morning. I'm glad that you're able to sort of settle back into a little bit yeah. of normalcy then. That is wonderful to hear. And, uh, you know, let's just hope that uh, the Secretary of State can make a difference there in helping cement the ceasefire and repairing what needs to be repaired going forward. God willing, as we say here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jordana. Stay safe. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Talk Bye. soon. See you later. Bye. That's ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. 
And I know that she says, you know, after you live there all those years and after the first 24 hours of a ceasefire, you sort of settle back in. But I still, I still can't imagine what it's like to think just a few weeks ago, she was living in a safe room in her house because, oh, bombs and sirens went off in the middle of the night. And now two weeks later, a mom with a new baby is telling us, yeah, we're, you know, we're basically back to normal. Unbelievable. All right, let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Officials in Tokyo say a U.S. warning for Americans not to travel to Japan will not affect Olympic athletes. The State Department has issued the warning because of a surge in COVID-19 cases in Japan. International Olympics Commission VP John Coates says the Games will go on. All of those measures that we're undertaking uh, are satisfactory and will ensure a safe and secure Games in terms of health. Um, And that's the case whether there's a state of emergency or not. The Olympics are due to start in July. They've already been delayed for a year because of the pandemic. LAX has made some more room for planes. LA World Airport CEO Justin Urbachi says the airport is in the middle of a $15 billion makeover starting with this project. These beautifully, technologically advanced west gates that were designed and built to make the passenger journey more efficient and more comfortable. The West Gates are connected to the Tom Bradley International Terminal by a thousand foot tunnel. The project allows for another 15 planes to dock at the gates. Well, Airbnb says LA is one of the top destinations in the US for long-term bookings this summer. The company says the increase in remote working has made travel a lot easier for many people. The other two top travel destinations are New York and Seattle. All right, so the new bridge that goes along the port of Long Beach, finally got a name on Monday. So it used to be the Gerald Desmond Bridge. Now it's going to be called the Long Beach International Gateway. The Long Beach International Gateway. The name was chosen by a public survey. I I don't know. The Long Beach International Gateway. Okay. I mean, I guess there's a lot of international travel that comes into the port of Long Beach. And so that that's why. But somehow I I don't know. Somehow it feels strange. The international gateway. Like, hey, you can get here to Europe by going across this bridge. I don't know. Uh, The recreation zones at L.A.'s River will open in time for Memorial Day. And from May 31st to September 30th. The Elysian Valley and Sepulveda Basin Recreation Zones will be open daily sunrise to sunset if you want to go kayaking, fishing, walking, and bird watching. And uh, ABC 7's Dave Coons posted this last night. A new Airstream that shows you can hit the road with your home office. I mean, this is the ultimate. You don't have to go into the office. This is the ultimate. You can have your office anywhere you want. Apparently, it's a home away from home says the owner of Airstream Los Angeles. And I guess they've got this new office. It's a 30-foot travel trailer that was dreamed up by this company in Ohio. And they say it's the work-from-home trend amped up in 2020. It still has the bed and sofa with the TV and everything that you would normally see. It's just there's been a section denoted for the office. And they say the space is tucked away in a rear corner of the silver RV. 
They say the office is small but efficient like everything is in a travel trailer. There's a desk surface with plenty of lights, AC power outlets, and a USB port. And to make working on the road easier, lots of campgrounds have Wi-Fi these days, right? So here's the deal. How much do you think this new Airstream with the office in it goes for? Apparently, the base price is 107500 And they say, of course, we can tempt you with options that go on forever. Honestly, this new flying cloud office for 107500 I don't think is that bad. There are a lot of people who spend a whole lot more than that on their homes, on buying, a, you know, uh, maybe... Maybe you're somebody who says, I don't want to buy a house, but maybe I'm going to buy a a duplex or a townhouse or something like that. And so you're willing to spend that kind of money. But if you've got now the the flexibility to put your office wherever you want, I'm okay with that. $107,000 to travel around. One day your office is in, I don't know, Poughkeepsie. And the next day you are, I don't know. However far you can get from Poughkeepsie in a day. I'm just saying, I think that the options are kind of limitless. If you're somebody who's got a little wanderlust and you want to get out there and work at the same time, I'm in. Dave Coons, thank you for that. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. That promo was a perfect intro to our next guest, Byron Pitts, who's ABC's News Chief National Correspondent and the co-anchor of Nightline. Byron, thanks for joining me this morning. You have got Mike Tyson, The Knockout, airing, and it is a documentary on the life of boxing legend Mike Tyson. You talk about a guy who has gone up and down in his life. I mean, watching him and his rise and fall and rise and fall has been like a roller coaster. Oh, exactly right. Good morning. Yeah, the climb, collapse, and comeback of Mike Tyson. I think one of the reasons why people have been curious about this guy for so long is I think, in many ways, there's a little bit of Mike Tyson in all of us or someone who we know and care about, right? Someone who's incredibly gifted, someone who comes from a difficult background, and they maximize that, and then someone who throws it all away. Uh, and, and so we, we cheer for those people. We, we are critical of those people. Um, and, and Mike Tyson is all that and more. And so he's, he's very honest in our conversation about his life. Um, as a 54-year-old man, he expresses regret of many of the choices that he made. And, and in this documentary, we don't seek to justify anything that he does, right? We just hope to give it, give it full context when you look at uh, this guy from birth to now as a 54-year-old man. He started out uh, with a pretty rough childhood, Oh, yeah. As hard scrabble as you can imagine. Uh, my, my first uh, exchange with Mike when we sat down for the interview was, Mike, Mike Tyson, you were raped when you were nine. You were arrested 38 times by the time you were 13. You were heavyweight champ of the world by the time you were 20. You were a convicted rapist by the time you were 30. He says, yeah, and I'm still alive. Can you believe it? Interesting um, that... I think the thing about Mike Tyson that has always sort of fascinated me is the fact that people watch this guy and they know that he's a convicted rapist and they know the allegations of abuse from Robin Givens, his one of his wives. Right. And and they they still 
root for him. And and to me, that's so it's interesting, I guess, just watching human nature and the way that people still want to meet Mike Tyson and see Mike Tyson fight and those sorts of things. Sure. It's interesting for some, troubling for others. Right. Um, and, and one of the things we touch upon in, in the in the docuseries is is what it said at that particular time in our nation's history uh, about uh, about sexual uh, sexual abuse, what it says about race, what it says about class, all which were components of that of that time in his life. And um, at the end of the day, Mike Tyson was convicted, uh, sentenced to six years in prison. He served three years. And, and so from a, from a legal perspective, you know, he paid his debt to society. And like anyone who's been convicted of a crime, served their time and set free, you know, he, he's allowed to, to, to make an attempt to move forward with his life. And, and, and I think that that's what he's doing. And how is he doing that? He seems to be doing fairly well. He's uh, he's one of the one of the um, sort of overriding characters I, I think in the docu series is is his current wife, uh, who as who as my as my late mom would say is a grown ass woman, right? I mean she is she's she's responsible, she's sober, she's serious. You can tell he loves and respects her. She loves and respects him. Uh, all of us know people who are who who are in complicated relationships, and so she acknowledges that. So I think she's vital to success. Um, he has a daughter who's a tennis prodigy. Uh, I mean, if you can imagine, you know, a a young Serena Williams with Mike Tyson's temperament, that's his daughter, wow. uh, at least on the tennis court. Uh, he has a, a, a nine-year-old son who he dotes on, or the boy dotes on him. So in many ways, you, you, you walk up on Mike Tyson now, and you see this middle-aged man living a fairly comfortable life. By his own admission, he still owes Uncle Sam a ton of money, but he is climbing his way out of that with a number of businesses that he runs. And by most accounts, those businesses are going well. All right. Thank you so much, Byron. I appreciate it. And it's Mike Tyson, the knockout premiering back-to-back Tuesdays, May 25th and June 1st, 18. 8- 10 p.m. on ABC. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All the best. All right. Thanks. See you later. This is KFI and KOSTHD2 Los Angeles. We lead local live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Jennifer Jones Lee. This has been your wake-up call. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.